the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back as we head into hour two of our daily three-hour tour. It is a privilege to uh, welcome to the show Carrie Lake, Republican candidate for the United States Senate. Carrie, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great, Seth. I'm really happy to be on today. I am happy to have you. There is so much going on, Carrie. My gosh, I was just in the previous hour, I was just talking with the audience about how fast and how quickly this world seemed to have changed, especially in this country. I don't know if it was 2020 alone or if it was a long time coming, but sometimes people just wake up in this uh, state, in this country, and they just they sometimes don't recognize the place anymore, you know? I certainly don't. I mean, and it shows the dichotomy between good leadership and bad leadership. You know, we were so much safer. Um, We had national security that was, I don't want to say airtight, but pretty close to it. And a border that was airtight and safer streets, inflation that was under control next to zero, a strong economy under President Trump. And just in a couple, two, three years, we're watching the world spin out of control. We're uh, either about to enter World War III or we're in it. We've got a wide open border. The economy is in shambles. And people don't feel safe. And I think this is a really, a really stark reminder that it's important that we get out and vote. It's important who we support. I think a lot of Democrats might even be waking up and independents and having buyer's remorse if they cast a a vote for Joe Biden, because this is it's just not working out. It isn't. And yeah, no, to put it mildly, but you're absolutely right. And it really is a vacuum of leadership in certain respects. And it's a liberal left attitude in others. The Democratic Party is so far different than what you and I grew up with. And I mean, analysis after analysis have shown this, but also at the top. I mean, you know, you just outlined a whole series of places that are on fire that were not. They were perfectly Pacific or at least as Pacific as they can get. And, you know, we used to go to bed as Americans thinking, well, if God forbid something were to happen to incapacitate or challenge the commander in chief, at least we could rest easy knowing that there's a leadership underneath and behind him or someday perhaps her that could take over and all would be well. We don't even have that confidence going to bed anymore. You're right, which is why I think more Americans are waking up in the middle of the night. um, Just petrified at what's happening. You said something else, though. We used to go to bed and say, God forbid yeah. something happened. We have God. Yeah. And I think that since you and I were kids, so many people have pushed God away in their lives. And and we've seen a lot of evil creep in. And, and we're seeing this with what's happening in Israel with the uh, Hamas terror attacks. And unbelievable what we saw on October 7th. I, I get a literal chill thinking about the horror that played out and the loss of life, and not just um, the loss of life, but the absolute barbaric act of terrorism that happened there. And that could happen here. And I'm not trying to scare people, Seth. I'm, I'm actually a very positive person. I think you hopefully you know that about me by now. But it's hard to be positive about uh, what's happening at our border. You know, Hamas, they will, they will send people here. 
we could have the same. This is why we have to tackle Hamas and bring down the structure of that terrorist organization because you know they're plotting and planning more attacks, whether they be in Israel, in America. We're not safe because of Joe Biden and, frankly, my opponents, Kirsten Cinema and Ruben Gallego's um, policy when it comes to Iran, which is funding and supporting all of this terrorism. And none of this would have happened under President Trump. We had the Abraham Accords. I was always told my whole life and learned my whole life there never could be peace in the Middle East. And then we had this uh, brief moment of relief where we had a reprieve and we had peace in the Middle East. And now look what's happened with bad policy, bad foreign policy that Joe Biden, I don't know if it's ineptitude, incompetence, or he's just controlled. Um, it might be a little mix of both, but what's happening right now is all self-inflicted by Joe Biden, and it's hurting America, and it's destabilizing the world. You said a lot there. I want to tie it together um, across a few different things. Uh, we're talking to Carrie Lake, uh, CarrieLake.com, her website, candidate for U.S. Senate. You talked to me about God before going to bed and, sit and, ta- and thinking about God before going to bed. It put me in mind, Carrie, if you will, of a teacher of a teacher's of mine who said we've replaced the morning prayer with the morning paper. Of course, he he said that so many years ago. We could say it now about cable news and social media. And it gets me to something about your profession. I want to get to the Middle East in a moment and your profession or your former profession in the news media. Doesn't it also, don't don't you put some blame on the, the news media too for continually want us, wanting us to live in what I, I call a crisis industrial complex? They want us in a frenzy. At least that's how it seems to me. Well, I mean, you know, if you like the term or you don't, fake news, President Trump kind of woke us up to the news. And I worked in it, and I I always knew it was slanted to the left, and you saw a lot of bias, and it just kept getting worse and worse. And and the reason I walked out of my career and left my career in the middle of it, you know, making a fortune and, and number one, was that I recognized that it had ceased to become just biased, which is bad enough, and it had become full-on propaganda. That's what's being pushed right now, propaganda. The question is, who's really pushing it? Where is it coming from? And um, I just didn't want to be a part of it when it felt like we were putting out lies and half-truths. And now with what's happening, and and I wrote uh, a a piece in Town Hall. Yeah, I was going to get to that. Yeah, (laughs) you tie us all together about 10 days ago in a piece uh, called, uh, what was it, Uh, The Media, Israel and the Media. Yeah, Mm mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what we're seeing is very anti-Semitic um, talking points that the media is putting out. It's almost as if what happened, they they know what happened, but they want to ignore what happened to Israel, and they want to just concentrate on um, pro-Hamas. I mean, it not re- they're, they're trying to act like Hamas is a group of innocent people. Hamas is a terrorist organization, and I believe actually... Uh, eliminating Hamas, this terrorist organization that is capable of some of the most barbaric acts uh, we've ever seen, for sure in our lifetime and maybe historically as well, is actually going to be, um, first of all, we have to we have to make sure that Israel is capable of, of wiping the Hamas terrorist organization out. It's going to make the world safer in Israel for the folks in Israel. And, you know, I hear a lot of people saying, what about the people, the Palestinian people? I think it will make their lives safer. Hamas is a terrible organization. It's funded by Iran. Joe Biden has blood on his hands. And what makes anybody think that Hamas will not give the go 
to cells that they have inside our country. That's coming, and I really cringe to see how the media would cover that. Because yeah, that's they have a, not been covering this based on fact at all. No, that's right. It's as if there were just two equal parties here, uh, as if on 9-12-2001 there was just two equal parties. Uh, and it's really, in many respects, the same ideology against the same Western values and ethics. And you're mm-hmm. right, too, Carrie, that this does have huge implications here. First of all, the instruction of the importance of a border and a secure border. Second, whether we're still serious about terrorism. But let us talk about the border, because we have been astounded to kind of see the numbers of people from countries. They used to call them OTM other than Mexico, right? Amazing mm-hmm. numbers of people. And those are the ones we know about. Say something about the border, if, you, if our border. <laughs> I could talk all day about Yeah, yeah, you don't need a lot of prompting I, on this one, right? When I ran for governor, I recognized very early on after many trips to the border and seeing it spiral out of control, um, especially after covering Arizona for 27 years, and it was it was so secure. For all those years, 27 years, we had people say, we got to secure the border, we got to deal with this problem, and then boom, President Trump comes in, and really, with one hand tied behind his back, he's got the Democrats attacking him, the Republicans. He single-handedly secured that border, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And he was on the way to finishing the wall. And then day one, hour one, Joe Biden pulled all of it back with a wink and a nod, welcomed the world. And so I recognized we needed to come up with a border policy that allowed the states to secure the border because we could not wait for four years to get rid of Joe Biden and wait for him to secure it. He was the reason it was wide open. I believe that every state, because of the failure of the federal government, the failure of them to, uh, you know, Article 4, Section 4, the Guarantee Clause, the federal government is supposed to protect us from invasion. And they're failing at that. And we have the solution right there in the Constitution. Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3 enables the state to protect their citizens from an invasion. And I think that my policy was the most uh, aggressive and bold policy to allow states to secure the border when the federal government fails. Unfortunately, uh, it didn't work out where we could do that. And so I've taken some of those same plans and I want to get them um, to the Senate. I want to pass legislation that will, for once and for all, give us a secure border. Obviously, we've got to finish the wall. If the wall didn't work, Biden would not have welded the doors open, Seth. That's right. That, no, that's right. In- that's right. That's absolutely <laughs> We need to enforce the laws that are on the books. That's what we were doing under the Trump administration, enhance uh, technological surveillance, help the Border Patrol so they can intercept people. And we really have to uh, remove that provision that allows endemic crime in a person's country of origin to qualify for asylum. Let me, let me take a break right there, Kerry. Let me, let me, come, up, let me yeah. come right back on that point. Thank you. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Carrie Lake is my guest candidate for U.S. Senate here from the state of Arizona. CarrieLake.com is her website. We're talking about, uh, well, we were talking about the Middle East and some of the other issues, including in the news media. And uh, we're talking a bit about the border right now. Carrie, by the way, I'm always curious, candidates on the hustings, on the campaign trail, what, what is the question or what are the top couple of few questions you get asked about the most? I'm guessing the border is top three, if not the first one. Yeah, border is big and it always has been, which is why we worked so hard to come up with a great policy that we could get going right away. Um, and But increasingly, I'm hearing people talk about their personal safety. Yeah. You know, we, we know the economy is in shambles. We know that 
when you went to the grocery store and spent, you know, a um, hundred bucks before you might've gotten two, two, maybe three bags of groceries. And now it's like one bag of groceries mm-hmm. But I'm increasingly hearing from people saying it's, it, we're just getting pressure everywhere, but now I'm worried about my safety, just walking across the grocery yep. store parking lot yep. or, or getting the kids, you know, putting their car seats. I got to be looking over my shoulder that we're not going to get carjacked or jumped. So I think people are really, really concerned about a number of things, and and the the crime is really starting to concern more people. It's so true, too. I mean, neighborhoods where people never used to see homeless on the streets or vagrants or people just walking around at odd hours. I don't know neighborhoods where that's, where that's not true anymore. I mean, I know most of the neighborhoods in the greater Phoenix area just— for you know from experience i don't know anyone in a neighborhood that hasn't experienced that lately it's really it's 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 a different time yeah Yeah, it's all tied together you know we've got the this chronic street homelessness which is a lot of most of it is induced by the way by by hard drug use and the drugs of course the fentanyl pouring across the border so with the border open that's making the chronic street homelessness worse that's making crime worse you know, we've seen people going into the um, CVS and Walgreens clearing the shelves. Yeah. And then when you go in to buy something and you can't even find it, you That's have right. to ask for help. That's right. Um, we've got the uh, oil and energy policy that Joe Biden did, and he's decimated that. That's caused us to now be reliant on the Middle East once again for our energy, which is a terrible idea. We, were, we didn't need that. We were reliant on our own energy under President Trump. And now we're reliant on the Middle East, and the Middle East is in the verge of going into a massive war, possibly. We are just in a terrible spot, self-induced by Joe Biden. And again, Kirsten Cinema and my other opponent, Ruben Gallego, vote in lockstep with him almost 100% of the time. It's not working out. We need to pull these people out, get them out of office, and get some people in who've got a, a modicum of common sense. Yeah, that's all it is, really. It doesn't take a lot. And, you know, you listen to someone like yourself who's so articulate on these issues, Carrie. You wonder why 80% of the country isn't with us right now. I mean, it's it's such an odd thing. I, I do put a lot of the blame on the media, but I put a lot of the blame on our schools, too, and what's happened in our education system. I think we conservatives were kind of asleep at the wheel. We were kind of focused exclusively on colleges and universities to the degree we were focused on them. But it's really in our elementary and secondary, too. I know as a U.S. senator, there's not a ton you can do about elementary and secondary. But I do I do notice on your website you're at least willing to uh, try and um, try and inspire and encourage more trade school education, too. I think that's a big problem, especially when we think about the outsourcing and the reliance on other countries also. Oh, my gosh. Um, absolutely. I mean, we, we, we could talk about the Marxism and the radicalism yeah. being pushed, and, and that has to stop. There's a way to do it. We've got to weed out these teachers who are pushing this radical agenda. A lot of good teachers in the past 20 years have left because they didn't want to teach this radical agenda. That's right. Let's get those good teachers back in there. Let's change up uh, our curriculum to make sure we're teaching fundamentals, including Life skill training, yep. trade skill training, career training. This, when I went to high school, I'm dating myself now, we had all of that in our school. And you could actually get out of high school and get a decent job. Yep. These are yep. the jobs that are out there. We need to train the kids so that they don't have to go to college, be indoctrinated, and go into debt. Um, we can do that for not so much money, a fraction of the cost. Let's spend a little money getting our kids trained for these jobs while they're in high school or in a couple of years of of community college rather than going $100,000 in debt 
at a four-year university. And expecting and really other people worked. to pay for it, right? And expecting other people. And then expecting yeah, other right. people to pay for it, right. exactly. But it's, it's just maddening because if you're watching this and you're seeing, I don't, like I said, incompetence, yes, we now know Joe Biden is also compromised. Mm-hmm. But we cannot continue to watch this spiral out of control. And so many people, we elect them into office, they're either, they get to D.C., they get scooped up by the lobbyists for the military-industrial complex, and they want to push war. And they want to push that. And I think this is a little bit of what's going on as well. They want to push war, and they want to continue funding war in Ukraine to the tune of close to $200 billion. And we don't even know where that money's going, by the way. There's been no accounting for that money. We do know for a fact that it's gone, some of it, to shore up the pension program in Ukraine. That, while we have people here in our own country who are nearing, uh, they're nearing retirement age, and they're worried that these politicians are going to pull the rug under, out from under them when it comes to Social Security. And, and I, will, I vow to protect Social Security for uh, the American people. They've done the right thing. They paid into it. They worked hard. They upheld their end of the, of the deal and we're not going to let the federal government uh, pull it out from under them. So we got to get our priorities straight. And we do need to support uh, Israel, our ally. We need to make sure that they wipe out this terrorist organization that's wreaking havoc on the Middle East and soon to wreak havoc on America if we don't see Hamas wiped out. Yeah, it, it, there's no question that, that we suffer from the same enemies. Uh, there's the little Satan, the big Satan. Uh, obviously, it's the same enemy uh, foundation coming from Iran, which shouts death to America. Carrie, we only have about a minute and a half or so left. I've always liked the idea of great public servants doing their best to make life just a little bit easier on the American people. And you're talking about, you know, obviously all the problems that come from the border. You were talking about crime. You were talking about our drug crisis. You were talking about the conditions of education. Something about an an economy of growth, too. I don't know why we don't hear more about that and a little bit more about tax reform from too many of our politicians anymore. used to be we heard about it all the time. The tax cuts worked. Oh, absolutely. And and here's the, here's the thing that's a little bit scary. You know, President Trump gave us a huge tax relief with his tax cuts. And those are about ready to expire. Yeah, the Trump tax right. cut of 2017 expires for what's called pass-through businesses mm-hmm. in 2025. Now, the big corporations were given, um, those were made permanent for. But when you say pass-through businesses, we're talking about the mom-and-pop shop, yep. the store owners. We're yep. talking about the small business, if we do not elect folks who can go to D.C., who care about the small businesses, the real people, uh, we're going to watch as small businesses take a huge hit when their taxes jump 30%. I mean, raise your hand out there if you can afford, you have a small business, I'm sure you're struggling right now with the economy the way it is under Joe Biden and with inflation. How many of you can afford a 30% tax hike? And if we do not get control of the Senate, and we have a real opportunity, Seth, with this seat, to get a Democrat who's now posing as an independent, which is laughable, when she voted with Joe Biden's agenda more often than Bernie Sanders, we have an opportunity to take the Senate seat back and get some common sense conservative policy passed that will make America great again and make Arizona great again as well. Carrie Lake. Thank you, folks. CarrieLake.com. Godspeed, Carrie. Thanks for stopping by. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Seth. You betcha.
Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Are global leaders developing solutions that promote freedom and quality of life? Or are they creating problems, enforcing solutions that only benefit the elite? Midas Gold Group believes it's the latter. From draconian COVID restrictions, the decimation of small businesses, and changed election laws, Midas believes your finances will be next. Under the guise of protecting you, you'll get monetary expansion, national debt, and reduced purchasing power, and their central bank digital currency will virtually eliminate your savings and purchasing privacy. The answer? Convert a portion of your savings or IRA to physical gold and silver. Precious metals are a private currency. They've been used to store wealth throughout history. And thousands of you have trusted the veterans at Midas Gold Group, like Seb Gorka and myself, because they're fighting for your financial freedom and privacy. Call Midas Gold Group at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. Or check them out online at MidasGoldGroup.com. MidasGoldGroup.com. Young David Grasshopper. Join me. Are you there? Hi. We did a uh, morality and ethics lesson on donuts. Yes, the ethics of the donut. Right. Somebody stops you in the parking right. lot. We don't have you're... to redo it. Okay, okay, okay. Right. We'll tell them to go back and time, look it up. I our think time it's is... even its own file on the SLS uh, podcast We page. can revisit it. Repetition is the essence of pedagogy if we need to. But let's assume that the lesson held. And now let's do pizza ethics. Yes, pizza ethics. You, uh, you went to a... Uh, a pizza parlor last night. I went to a local Italian An, an Italian eatery. Yes, and okay. it's an old school Italian haunt. Shall we clue the audience in? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it was Red Devil Italian Pizzeria. Uh-huh. You know, a Phoenix uh, landmark. famous institution. landmark. Sure. An institution, yes. And I was there, and it was courtesy of a friend of mine who was in town from Florida, and he wanted to take me out to dinner. And so I said, yes, I'd love to. And he said, I feel like Italian food. And I said, well, there's this great old school place near me. And I'd like to check it out. So me, being the prudent person that I am and not wanting to waste time in the restaurant, I go on my phone and I look up their menu and I decide what I'm going to have before I go to the dinner, right? Because that's smart. So that way I can get down there and focus on my friend and the conversations we're about to have. So I go in there expecting to have a nice sausage lasagna. Do you know what I left with? Half a pizza. Okay. Why? Okay, why? Well, that's where we have the ethical dilemma. Knowing that my friend offered to take me out, being that he was the one that came into town, and I didn't know he was even in town, and he invited me out to dinner. It was that sort of dynamic. He said, I'll take you out. And knowing that he was going to pick up the tab, when he says, hey, let's split a pizza, I said, sure. Oh, boy. Yeah. I think – no, I think that's right. It's Does the, the audience ethics. remember that I also had pizza for lunch yesterday? <laughs> no, it's the ethics of the guest. You can never have to. I mean pizza is a perfectly great meal. Two pizzas in one day. Sure, sure. It's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. So we've established that's okay. But do you see my, my, my moral dilemma where it was like you wanted well, lasagna, but you knew- obligated to accept his uh, – Yeah, uh, you know why? You know why? Line. You know yeah. why? Because you're lucky to eat it all. Yes. You're fortunate to eat it all. Do you know how many people across this globe would have no concept of the idea of two meals a day, much less one? Is this one of those, like, there are pygmies in Africa Well, it's arguments? true. <laughs> the way we think of food, I mean, we, we, we think, well, I would have liked lasagna, but I think about, you know, okay, I guess I'll have a pizza. It's true. You just Even Americans yet today. Huh? You just haven't had any meat yet today. I haven't had meat in a long time. That's, Not that's just today. I've been about. trying to amend my carnivorous habits, and I'm going to make it nearly 70 days, I think. That having been said, 
young David. Um, it's, it's, you know, Fred Rogers, who is a minister, said gift giving is important, but it's also important to be able to receive. And the ethics of receiving a gift are as important as the ethics of giving a gift. It's important to be a, a good guest in other words. And you were a good guest. You did the right thing. You should be proud. You should be happy. And you should be thankful and you should be grateful. And as I know is your want, I know you will do this. And I want people to know this about you. So don't, don't, don't fracture my inference here. You will write him a handwritten thank you note. You will do that. That is what you do. And um, it's notable. It's old school. It's classy. It'll stand out. And people remember, will remember you better for it. Man, he was a great guest. And you know what the benefit of being a great guest is? In and of itself, it is a good thing. It is a good thing in and of itself. But you know what it also ensures? It ensures you will be invited out again. It's win, win, win. Well, I guess you talked me into it. Okay. Be right back. Did you intend to blind me? Did you intend to blind me, young David? You are all concerned about yourself. You walk into the studio and you just gavot in here and you turn on all the lights. We're used to working in darkness. And it's now my I... blinding personality. Uh, yeah, well. <clears throat> my charming smile. The Republicans are going to ruin this uh, censure motion against Rashida Tlaib. It's an important thing. Guy Benson has a great column on it. I'll get to it in a moment. But first, Mark is in Cave Creek. Hello, Mark. Hello, Seth. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to suggest that perhaps David and his friend had a, a slight misunderstanding about what stage of civilization we're in, because as the late, great Douglas Adams observed, civilization can be measured by the three following questions. What will we next eat? When we will, will we next eat? And where shall we have lunch? <laughs> That's great, Mark. I love it. I love it. I think you can learn a lot of ethics about food. I really do about how people behave around food, how they treat each other with regard to food. It's a it's a it's it's a social thing. You know, there's interesting social research about food and families eating together as well. It's really interesting how important a family meal is. Did I lose? We try you? to have at least one a week. Yeah, you, at my house. Oh, you do. You do at least one a meal, meal a week. Do you? Did you grow up, or do you? Do you make? You have kids. I do. Do Do you require that they tell you something that they learned that day at the dinner table? Uh, we not that specific question, but we do try to have a dinner conversation as a, a, an exercise of get, being closer, but also as an exercise of conversation at dinner as an ethic. Yeah. I, I It was something we did in my house all the time, and it was a lot of fun. Um, I, um, I I was put in mind, Mark, uh, of Reagan's farewell address to the to from the White House in uh, 1989. And he was it was a speech about the importance of American history and how we don't do a good enough job of teaching it. And I just pulled it up while you were while I was asking you the question because I just wanted to get it exa exactly right. Can I give this to you? He said, and let me offer lesson number one about America. All great change in America begins at the dinner table. So tomorrow night, 
in the kitchen. I hope the talking begins. And children, if your parents haven't been teaching you what it means to be an American, let them know and nail them on it. And that would be a very American thing to do. So, Mark, if you're not if you're not going to do it, I'm hoping your kids are listening to this show. So they'll call they you. They are listening. Okay. They're riding with me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I hope they call you on. No, thank you for your call. God bless you, sir. It was a lot of fun. Anytime I get it, sorry. Yeah, anytime I get a chance to call. It is an important farewell address. Uh, actually, going back to the conversation I was having earlier with Carrie, you think about what happens in a generation. It's just a little more than a generation, just a couple years more than a generation since Reagan gave that farewell address from from the Oval Office. And it all it's all about the importance of teaching American history and um, how you used to get it. He, he speaks about how you used to get it. As I was saying in my monologue, you could get it from popular culture. And it was interesting enough that you would want to read more about it and study and learn more about it. And... That's all been, you know, that's all been diminished. That's all been dissipated. That's all been denigrated, really. And you end up where we are today, just about a generation. And you think about the tensions we have and the stressors we have in this country. Um, And you think about what Ronald Reagan said can happen in a generation. Didn't he say it was only ever one generation away from being lost? It's been about a generation since that warning. And... um, you know, it is interesting, the enemies of, of this. Um, in his last year in office, President Trump put together a 1776 commission to teach American history and to counter the 1619 project. And he had some great scholars on there, uh, many of them affiliated with Hillsdale, some with Claremont, um, some from a few other places, and uh, some of them old grad student friends of mine. And old teachers of mine like Charles Kessler and Matt Spaulding and some others, Tom West, I think. And do you know, really, it was um, it was dismantled by the Biden administration, by the Biden White House on the first day in office. You think of everything that was on the mind of the Biden administration to achieve on day one in office and everything they did do on day one in office. That was among them. That was a priority for the Biden administration to get rid of the 1776 commission and to scrub all its reportage and findings from the White House websites, the uh, federal government websites. That's how much of a threat learning accurate American history was to them that it was on day one to be eliminated. You know, I don't even know if Joe Biden knows what the 1776 commission was. And, you know, OK, I, 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 of all the things to hold him accountable for, I, I wouldn't necessarily hold him accountable for that. Uh, but his administration and the people under him knew what it was so much so that they had to get rid of it so much. So their narrative, their countercultural narrative of America is so important for us to have such a decontextualized understanding of this country so that we become a numb and dumb country. C.S. Lewis warned, he said, you know, to miseducate the youth is to subject them when they are older to propaganda, is to better subject them to propaganda. Yes, sir. 
on this point, yes. may I just say what also scares me? Yes. On the eve of our semi-sesquitennial. Yeah, easy for you to say. <laughs> yeah. You know? bah, 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 bah. May I just read some of the names that are on the Biden-appointed commission of America 250, as they call it? Oh, you know what? You're going to break my heart. You're going to break my heart. The notion that we're going to celebrate 250 years of this country's birth under a Biden administration is going to break my heart. But go ahead. Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State, Merrick Garland, Attorney General, Lloyd Austin, Secretary of Defense, Michael Cardona, Secretary of Education. Those are just four. You know what? There's no imagination there. They're just naming cabinet members. Exactly. (laughs) There's no imagination. America semi quincentennial. I said it right this time. It's going to be awful. Commission. This is that's what this is reason enough. Seventeen seventy-six. This is reason enough not to have Biden and Harris in the White House. In 2026, I really do worry about 2026. I'm old enough, just enough old enough to remember 1976 and what a patriotic moment that was and how important it was for the country, especially coming out of Watergate and Vietnam and stuff. I, I was, what, I think in the first grade. And I remember it very well. And it's, you know what, 2026, it's just going to be different. The number and the job we've done on this place, this the last best hope of Earth, this the best country ever created. By the mind and hand of man, what we've done to it, it's a sin. It's a sin. We'll be right back. If you are concerned with stock market volatility, if you are concerned about inflation, if you're concerned about bank failures, if you're concerned about recession, I heard more talk about recession today on the business news. Um, why refi has an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. It's a portfolio with a ton of flexibility, but you'll also know what each monthly statement will look like, and with no surprises. The flexibility. You can turn your monthly income on or off. Compound it. Whatever you like, and no penalty if you need your money back at any time. The interest is compounded daily. You're paid monthly. No fees in this secure collateralized portfolio from Y-Refi. Check them out at Y. Excuse me. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or call them at 888-YREFI-24, 888-YREFI-24. YREFI is a due diligence approved firm, and you can earn up to a 10.25% rate of return, 10.25% fixed rate of return. You aren't going to go trick-or-treating, are you, even though you're dressed up for Halloween? You are dressed up for Halloween. I, You know— I had never been trick-or-treating for Good. the longest time, and I think the first time I was trick-or-treating, I was in, like, eighth grade. And by that point, you know, there's there's no magic. <laughs> I just ran around what some friends. What was your costume then? When I was in eighth grade, yeah. um, I think I was, like, a gangster or something. Do you have candy? I recall for, having, like, for a little trick hat or treat? and a toy gun. Do you have candy for your trick-or-treaters tonight? I, I don't think I'm going to pass out candy. Why? <laughs> you don't know the best candy. I well, I, I'm 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 making. I don't. So yeah, I don't. If anybody comes to my door, I'll mine is a self help situation. Give them a life advice situation or something. Mine is a self help situation because the enemy of Dagny is the doorbell. Aw. Yeah. How's we, she doing? She's doing great. Thank you. Extra long walk this morning by her own wish. She's been. This is her weather. She's got a whole new life. Thank you for asking. But. The, she she does not like doorbell ringing, so I'm trying to just put candy out in front, and I have a sign. Do you like it's 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 Snoopy with the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. It says, "Happy Halloween! Help yourself, please be judicious." Why is that funny? I'm 
chuckling because I'm imagining all the young children tonight that will say, Mommy, what's judicious mean? And you know what? They'll go home with candy and they'll go home with an expanded vocabulary. What if the parents don't know? They'll know. We hope. Yeah, they'll know. All right. The Hallmans, they know everything. They know a lot. We'll be right back with them. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 